This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. So, you like scary stories, huh? All right, we'll deal out a show tonight from a series that was guaranteed to send shivers down your spine. That series was called Lights Out. In the fall of 1933, NBC writer Willis Cooper conceived the idea of a midnight mystery serial to catch the attention of the listeners at the witching hour. The idea was to offer listeners a dramatic program late at night at a time when the competition was mostly airing music. The format emphasized crime thrillers and supernatural. The first series of shows, each 15 minutes long, proved successful enough to expand to a half an hour. Cooper stayed in the program till June of 1936, when another Chicago writer, Arch Obler, took over. And by the time Cooper left, the series had inspired about 600 fan clubs. Now, that's a success in anybody's books. Here's an episode first aired in 1936 entitled, Nobody Died. Lights out, everybody. It is later than you think. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These lights-out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Yes, yes, Adelina, I am here. Don't Camilla. Don't Camilla. Yes, yes, she'll be here any moment, I sent for her. You must not talk, Adelina. You're starting. Come, Frank. We'll go see if Dr. Miller is coming. Yeah. So, now I can breathe. But, Herbert, Dr. Miller, why do you send for her? What can she do? Don't be a fool. Did you not hear her? But the old woman... Dr. Miller, Dr. Miller. I tell you, she drove me crazy with it. Until finally, I sent for Dr. Miller. But will she come? Who knows? And if she does come, what difference can it make? The old woman, worn-out machine. Eighty-four years is long enough. Ah, perhaps that is the doctor now. I will go with you. I cannot believe that she would come here. In a moment, we shall see. Yes, yes, I'm coming. Adelina lives here? Yes. Yes, Dr. Miller. 
Why, you do not recognize me, perhaps. I am the mayor, old Albert. Oh, yes. Will you honor my house by entering? Of course. I, I did not know if you would come. You are so busy. She is such an old She's a woman. a friend of my mother's. Where is she? Uh, oh, this way, please. <laughs> Albert. Oh, oh, yes. Doctor, if you will permit me. This is my good neighbor, Frank. It, it is a great honor meeting you, Dr. Miller. Adelina, you say she is dying. Why do you keep me from her? Oh, no, no, Doctor. Do not even think such a thing. Come. Come this way. In here, Doctor. In here. Ah, you hear? She talks with her last breath so pitifully. It is a great pity. Uh, for one as old as she, it would take heaven's own intervention. Please stop. go now. Huh? Oh, yes, yes, of course, Doctor. Anything you say. Adelina. Try to open your eyes. It is I, your old friend, Dr. Mueller. Mueller. Yes, I came as quickly as I could. I'm ready. Yes. Here is my hand. Uh, oh, my friend, your arm came. My son. Hmm? My youngest. In two days, he will be here. Oh, Dr. Miller. I am so tired. And I want to die. But not yet. Not yet. No. No, you must rest. Not yet. Not yet. I tell you, I must not die. Not yet. Adelina, please. My youngest. He comes. I must see him once more. I must not die. Not yet. Oh, my friend. You, you call me friend, don't you? You, my only friend. What can I do? Give me life. Give me life with a few more hours until my son arrives. You are so wise. A few more hours. Say you can give me life. Life. I am so old. I know the blood is cold and warm. But in your wisdom, you must know some way. You keep a little warmth within me. A little warmth until he comes. I, uh, I don't see you, friend. Do not turn away from me. I beg you. Have pity. Help me. Hold me. I have fought so long. Now you must help me, Dr. Miller. A few walks. Until my son. Yes, I will help you. You must not speak. You must use all your strength in listening and trying to understand what I'm going to say. I, 
Good friend, what I'm about to tell you is so... So strange that I almost dare not speak. And yet if I'm to help you as you ask, I must speak. No, 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 just listen. As you've said yourself, death is very close to you. And since yours is the disease of old age, of a body worn with long years of living, there's nothing that medicine can do for you. Except perhaps to ease your leaving of this life. And I will help you. But what I'm about to do to you is is something I should not do. Listen, good friend. Try to understand. For many years, I have worked with little white mice attempting to discover the true nature of cancer. For many years, good friend. And while in these studies, I've made a discovery. A discovery which... which goes beyond all understanding. Oh, great. In working on the little creatures, I, I discovered that when an organism has lived its full span of years, the cells within the body become aged, worn, and become what I call a fibroblast. Now I've discovered that by injecting the extract of the uh, tissues, oh, she dies. What should I promised her. I must do it. I must. My instrument case. I must. I must. My promise. The hypodermic. My hands tremble. The liquid, so green, that only gives her a little more of life. My hands must be sure. Needle deep into her heart. No, no, you must live only a few seconds more until I...
what do you want? Uh, Doctor, it is I, Frank. What such news? He is coming here. Hmm? I tell you, he comes here. The mayor is screening him. He refused to wait until morning. And who is this impatient one that has to see me at midnight? It is... It is... His Excellency. His Excellency? Yeah. Frank, what are you saying? I tell you, it is His Excellency. Oh, his last name. I, I never can remember names. His, his picture, you, you see his picture everywhere. He's coming here, Doctor, to see you. The mayor is bringing him. Thank you, Finn. No, no, I tell the truth, Doctor. The great one has heard of the miracle of Adelina. What are you saying? Yeah, the miracle. There is a resurrection from the grave. I hear him talking to the mayor. He is coming to see you. Ah, ah there. You see, I tell you the truth. Aren't you going to open the door? What else is there to do? Open it, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what an honor. What an honor. you have failed to do your duty in having the proper knowledge of who is important to the state. All right? I will educate you. I am Joseph Brown, Doctor of Philosophy and member of the Department of Propaganda. I know of you. So? Then speak plainly. There is no use hiding facts. I've seen the woman with my own eyes. Your fat mare took me to her. I've talked to neighbors, friends. I know that she was worn out, aged, dying. Now she's young again. Speak, and speak plainly. How did you do it? And if I tell you? If you tell me. My dear doctor, this is your house? Yes. Your experiments in that room? My laboratory. Mr. Mayor? Yes, Your Excellency. Come here. Yes, Your Excellency. Open that door. I want Your Excellency. I want. Into your laboratory, my fine doctor. I follow. The rest of you stay out here. Now we will be quite alone. So, now we can speak plainly. Ah, so this is where you do your work, hmm, my fine doctor? Yes. Uh-huh. What have we here? Well, mice. Little white mice. How charming. I use them in my experiments. And what are your experiments? The hereditary factor in cancer. Cancer? So you persist in lying to me. Doctor, they tell me you are a very clever woman. Yet I assure you, you will be most stupid if you persist in keeping the truth from me. I, I am not a violent man. So I ask you very calmly to be sensible and speak freely. Now then, the miracle of youth. How did you do it? I, I am not quite sure myself. I did no answer. Well, 
there are other methods. Mr. Mayor. You want me, Your Excellency? Come here. Yes, sir. Anything you say, Your Excellency. Mr. Mayor, how old are you? Why, uh, Your Excellency, I'm not quite sure. In my fifties, I believe. All right, you will do. Bear your arm. My arm? You heard me. All right, Doctor. Give him the injection. Injection? Me? You will kindly shut your mouth. You heard my order, Doctor. Do as I say. The injection to him? Yes, yes, to him. I spoke plainly enough. But I can't do that. Why not? You have more of the liquid. Yes, but don't you understand? It's it's permanent reactions on the human mechanism. I, I don't know that... And so I, I dare not use it. But that woman, she is young. Yes, but but who knows what other... All right. All right. That's quite enough. Doctor, I have come a long way to investigate a rumor. Now I am here, and you will do as I say. If I refuse? Do not speak like a child. I am not a violent man. And yet... Doctor, it would be a pity to lose your life work, hmm? Now, do not stand there. I'm growing quite impatient. Yes, and the mayor, too, grows impatient. Oh, your excellency, what are you going to do to me? I am an old Hold man. your mouth and bear your arm, you old fool. Well, doctor. I am ready. Excellent. Oh, doctor, what? Hold your tongue, I tell you. Proceed, doctor. Oh. It will not hurt, Albert. <gasps> so, how simple. The needle in, you press the plunger. It's done. How do you feel, my friend? Yes, yes. How, how is it, old man? What's going on inside of you? I... I look. His flesh. Begins to glow like hers did. The wrinkle's gone. He's back straight. It happened again. A miracle. Speak, man. Speak. Your Excellency. My... My head. It hurts. My blood rushing through my veins. Doctor, why do you look at me so? My voice sounds so strange in my ears. Look, look in the mirror ahead of you, you old fool. Yes. No, it cannot be. My face, young. I'm young again. Doctor, look at me. Young again. Young again. I'm young again. Young again. Oh, my buckles are strong. Look, I jump, I dance. And let me out of here. Everyone shall see. Yes, go, go. Frank, Frank, everyone, look. I'm young. I'm young again. She made me young. So, it makes them young again. Does it? Are you blind? Didn't you see it just as I saw it? Wrinkled flesh, young, twisted back straight. I tell you, a gift to the state from heaven. Oh, hell. <laughs> all science is mad, and all scientists are madmen. I have often said that. Only we who think with our blood think clearly and recognize our destiny. I don't understand. You will receive many honors for this, Doctor. Oh, but first, you have kept an accurate record of your experiments? Yes. May I ask where? Notebook. This. Excellent. In the name of the state, I asked you to give it to me. To you? Yes. What would you do with it? I told you. There are some of us who recognize our destiny. I recognize this as mine. What? With this power in my possession, think. Think what wonders I can perform. An army of youth. Everlasting youth. An yes. army invincible. Oh, no. Old men young and young men forever young. An army without end sweeping the earth. And I? Yes. I, the leader. No. No, you cannot use it for that. Cannot? Ah, oh, yes, I understand. You are thinking that there is another leader. Well, Doctor, at this moment I can speak quite frankly with you. Yes, there is a leader. And they bow their heads to him, the masses. But I will tell you this. It was my brains, my catchwords, my slogans that taught them to look on him as the invincible. And so, what they are 
shall forge really a man who exists only in me. <laughs> now perhaps I can take my rightful place. He's an emotional old woman, Mayland. While I, I know the wonder and the power of the soft word. <laughs> With your elixir of youth to tempt men, I shall become quite invincible. With an army invincible. You do not speak? All right. Then do give me the notebook. You, you cannot make men young to kill. Make them young to live. The notebook, Doctor. No, I'll not give it to you. My work has been to preserve life, not to destroy it. The notebook? No, you can't have it. Not for soldiers, do you hear me? Not for soldiers. As you wish, Doctor. I told you, I am not a violent man. Good night. Head off. Yes, Your Excellency. Go in there. She has a notebook in her hand. Bring it to me quickly. Yes, Your Excellency. Pity, the good doctor. She has committed suicide. Your regiment, General, they do not quite know what is happening to them, eh? It does not matter, Your Excellency. They obey orders. Mm. Come, let us go into your office. As you say. Now then, we can speak most comfortably. How many men have been treated? Fifty picked ones. You are satisfied with the results? It was beyond belief. And so, you will join me? Anything you say. Uh, when does it happen? He gives one of his infernal orations next week in the old hall. With you and the others to help me, I assure you his old womanish ravings will end right there. You speak of others. You doubt they will join me? Oh, no. no. All men will follow you. Naturally. To think that you should have made such a discovery. I sometimes surprise myself. And you alone know the formula? Yes. That is why I am so sure of you and the others. It will be most pleasant to know the delights of youth forever, my friend. You, uh, have you taken the injection yet? I? No. No, I decided to wait until the results of our test cases were quite complete. Fifty human guinea pigs. Now that I am certain of the success, yes, I will do it at once. Eh? My injection here. Have it already. Hypodermic field. Very well, Phil. How interesting it looks in its case, General. My immortality. Yes. You would like your youth again now, too? Oh, I... Oh, I am not ready. There is nothing to fear. You see? I pinch the skin in my arm. The needle bites for a moment. So, it is done. Are you... Do you feel pain? Huh? Uh, pain? No. No, no, no. Only a strange warmth in my veins. I, I, I feel... I feel my blood seems to run swiftly. Your, your face. What, what, what is it? Your face. It, it is changing. Yes. Yes, I feel it. I'm young. 
a young man again. Oh, I told you, young. Oh. You were talking. I'll tell you. Come on. No, 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 no. Let him come in. Let him come in. Nothing disturbs a young man. Nothing. Well, what is it you want? Well, how thoughtful of you to bring me such a beautiful young woman. Yeah, it is about her that I have come, Your Excellency. About her and the mayor. The mayor? Yeah, he is waiting outside. But who are you? Uh, oh, yes, yes, I remember you. Yes, you are from the village. Ah, this woman, the first to be rejuvenated. Yes, yes. Your Excellency, Hadanina, the very first. The, the villagers, they sent me to ask you. You will help her and the mayor, won't you, Your Excellency? Help? What are you talking about? Yes. Look at her, the picture of youth. She was dying of old age, but look at her now, young, beautiful. Yes, Your Excellency, so sad, young as you say, beautiful. But the devil's brood Dr. Miller put into our veins. Listen to what it has done to her. What? Uh, what? Speak, Adelina, speak. No. No. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't. Stop no. It. Make her stop. No. I order you make no, her stop. No. Quiet, Adelina. No. Quiet, my no. friend. Tell me, you, you. Tell me, what's wrong with the woman? I tell you, the devil's brood. The stuff that makes her young. Speak, I command you, speak. A thousand pardons, Excellency. I'm trying to. It, it, it made her young. It made her body young. But day after day, her, her mind, it, it has kept on growing younger. No, no, you lie. You lie. Not the injection. It was something else. Something else that did it. Oh, no, no, no. I tell the truth. Uh, the mayor. He eh? did the same thing to the mayor. The injection. No, uh, no. It can't be the injection. No. It... General, what? Why do you look at me? You. You took an injection. A large one. Get out. I am a soldier. I am a soldier. 
Gracie Allen next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Burns and Allen and a show that was first broadcast in 1947. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last (laughs) drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman, Mel Blank, Elliot Lewis, and Robert Bentz. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. It's breakfast time as we look in at the Burns home today, and George and Gracie are looking at the morning paper. My goodness, George, did you read this? Some burglars sawed through a man's door and took everything in his house. Yeah, there's really a crime wave. Every day you read about more burglaries and robberies. Oh, George, why don't you ask Bill Goodwin to move in with us? Why? Well, I'd feel safer with a man around the house. <laughs> how, how about me? Yeah, you'd be safer, too. <laughs> Thanks, but I can protect both of us. Well, George, if you won't let Bill Goodwin move in, let's go down to the pet shop and get a watchdog. I'll feel safer if I have protection. But, honey, when you've got me, you've got protection. I'm just the same as a dog. Why, George, that's the first time you've ever agreed with my mother Let's go to the pet shop
Oh, here we are, George. Potter's Pet Shop. How do you do? May I help you? Well, yes, I um, want to look over your supply of dogs. Very well. Would you like a little peek? No, I want to take a real good look. <laughs> By a peek, madam, I meant a Pekingese, the royal dog of China. Oh, no, that wouldn't do at all. I can't speak a word of Chinese. <laughs> madam. Suppose I wanted to tell this Chinese dog his dinner was ready. By the time I got an interpreter, his chop suey would be cold. Gracie, that's enough about the Chinese dog All right, dear Thank you, sir Perhaps, madam, you would prefer a bulldog No, no, I prefer a burglar dog We uh, don't expect bulls to break into our house I'm beginning to catch on At least I think I am You want a dog to protect you from burglars Yes Good How about a boxer? No, I don't want the dog to box with the burglars I want him to bite them Madam Though if he wore boxing gloves It would keep his nails from scratching the furniture Sir, is this your wife? Yes (laughs) Is she often like this? Just overlook it Takes practice, I suppose Yes Well, here I go again Keep trying, kid (laughs) Madam I withdraw my suggestion about the boxer. Instead, how about a Doberman pincher? No, I don't want the dog to pinch the burglars either. (laughs) If if you've got a Doberman biter, I'll take it. Keep punching, kid. How about a setter? He sounds too lazy. How about a pointer? He sounds too impolite. How about going to another shop? We can work something out. You work it out. I'll see you later. I'm going home. You'll have to excuse my husband, Mr. Potter. He's the nervous type. I understand. Believe me. (laughs) Would you still like to buy a dog? Yes, yeah. Oh, this dog is kind of cute. What is he? A Spitz. Chews tobacco, huh? (laughs) Day and night. Oh, well, then I better not take him. Oh, here's a wonderful dog. A great big fellow. What kind is he? A St. Bernard. He's the dog that's famous for carrying a keg of brandy around. Oh. It seems to me that your dogs are not very well brought up. That one chews and this one drinks. (laughs) I'm sure a good home would straighten him out. Well, he's certainly the right size to frighten away burglars. Hello, boy. Good. Don't bother to wrap him up. I'll just carry him. Yes. But on second thought, he's big enough to carry me. Yes. I'll drop by tomorrow and tell you if my husband likes him. Well, not tomorrow, madam. I've decided to take a week off in a sanitarium. <laughs> Goodbye now. <laughs> You finally bought one, mm-hmm. huh? St. Bernard. Oh, he's so big and friendly. Except when he sees a bum or a tramp, of course. Then he's guaranteed to growl. Good. Let's take a look at the pooch. Doggy, this is your master. The man you're going to protect. Say hello to him. Oh. 
to growl at bums. Now say hello. <laughs> Isn't he making a little mistake? Well, I don't know. They're awfully intelligent. <laughs> Gracie, you better get rid of this fur-bearing elephant. He doesn't like me. Well, just show him that you're his master. Stand there and look him right in the eye. Okay. Kneel down, doggy, so George can look you in the eye. <laughs> Forget it. How can we feed this big mutt? Oh, it won't be expensive. When we buy our meat, the butcher can throw in something for the dog. The dog opens his mouth, we can throw in the butcher. But George, think of the protection he'll give us. He's trained to bite any suspicious character when you say sick him. George Burns, get your leg out of that dog's mouth. It was his idea, not mine. Call him off. Let go of George's leg, doggy. If you want an old bone, I'll get you one at the market. Well, this is going to be one happy little family. <laughs> Meredith, did you ever stop to think how many songs the moon has inspired? Quite a few, Bill, but for lasting popularity, there aren't many to equal Wabash Moon. All of which is a tribute not just to the song, but to the Wabash River and the pleasant, friendly state of Indiana. Well, they've got a lot to be proud of out there in the Hoosier country. From the flat, fertile farmlands where the tall corn grows, to the sycamore-shaded banks of the Wabash itself, you'll find a brand of hospitality that's famous and a way of life that makes Indiana a mighty welcome and inviting part of the American scene. Brings to mind how Maxwell House coffee truly belongs to the American scene, too. Why folks have been expressing their hospitality with Maxwell House for generations. And today, in this coffee-drinking nation, more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee at any price. It's Maxwell House wherever you go flavors behind this nationwide preference, that good-to-the-last-drop Maxwell House flavor that results from the skillful blending of these superior Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Medellins for richness. Other choice coffees for vigor. And Bucaramanga's for full body. Resulting in coffee you enjoy at its flavor peak. So, friends, why not know the extra pleasure of extra good coffee? You can for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Just you say, Maxwell House, always good to the last... Now sit up. Come on, sit up. That's it. Now shake hands. Now lie down and roll over. Roll over. That's good. Now play dead. 
Ah, oh, that's wonderful, George. Now, doggy, see if you can do it. <laughs> I showed you how, you big stupid mutt. Oh, quiet, quiet. Oh, George, doesn't it give you a wonderful sense of protection to have a big, fierce watchdog in the house? If any undesirable person tries to get in, you just say, sick him. George, stop teasing him. Get your leg out of his mouth. (laughs) Turn loose, turn loose. And Gracie, stop saying that. Every time you do, he grabs me. Oh, dear, someone's at the door. I'm afraid to open it. The dog might bite them. Good, I could use a rest. Come in. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Burns. Here's your meal. Oh, my goodness. You've got a Shetland pony. No, that's our new watchdog. Hello, big boy. Ooh, don't try to pet him. He'll tear you apart. <laughs> Look at that big moose. He's licking the postman's hand. Oh, I love dogs. I've got a big old ugly bloodhound, but my wife wants me to get rid of him. Why? I keep making the same mistake. I come home and pat my wife and kiss the bloodhound. (laughs) They look exactly alike. (laughs) You'd better not say that around the house. You're right. The dog would kill me. Would you like to take this dog home, Mr. Postman? He despises me. Oh, no, he doesn't, George. If you were in danger, he'd protect you. Mr. Postman, you start kicking George and see what happens. Very well. Take that. Oh, now, you see, George, he's protecting you. Protecting me? He's got me by the seat of my pants. (laughs) Well, sure, that's so the postman can't kick you there. (laughs) Let go of me, you monster. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. Keep smiling, he says, with this canine Sidney Greenstreet hanging, hanging onto my pants. Oh, quiet, quiet. George, I'm going out to the kitchen to get the dog some water. While I'm gone, make friends with them. How? Oh, I'd love to. Well, they say music hath charm. Sing to them. Let him, let him hear his master's voice. What's the idea? Well, you see, you sing so beautifully, Sugar Throat. I do? Oh, yes. You're the male Margaret Truman. <laughs> well, I'll try. Now, I'll be right back. Well, get a load of this, Pooch. Ain't misbehaving all by myself. No! Cut that out. Ain't misbehaving all time. <laughs> Ain't misbehaving. <laughs> Look, give me a chance. Ain't misbehaving all by myself. <laughs> oh. Gosh, that was beautiful. Especially that high note in the end. <laughs> that was the dog. Oh. Well, think some more. I won't do it. Well, just hum then. Oh, that was beautiful. That's the door buzzer. <laughs> now, who could that be? I hope it's the door catcher. Come in. Hello, all. Oh, you got a St. Bernard. Nice doggy. Oh, look out, Meredith. He'll tear you limb from limb. <laughs> oh. Look, George. 
He's licking Meredith's face. Oh, fine. He tears off my leg and drools on every stranger. Well, all dogs like me, George. When I was a boy back on the farm in Mason City, Iowa, I had a wonderful dog named Rover. If a fox tried to rob the hen house, I'd just say, sick him. Whoa, whoa. Oh, George. <laughs> George, can't you keep your leg out of that dog's mouth? Yes, George. That seems very inconsiderate. How would you like it if I put my leg in your mouth? I'd love it. George. Tell us more about Rover, Meredith. Well, we were more than just a boy and his dog. We were real friends. He shared his bed with me. Oh, Meredith, didn't it bother you when he scratched for fleas? No, it felt good. (laughs) Well, sir, one day poor Rover got a hold of some bad food and began to sicken. To what? Sicken. Sticking your leg in the dog's mouth. Yes, George. I cannot stand here and watch you torment this noble animal. Do you mind if I go? If you will. (laughs) Some watchdog you dragged home. The postman and Meredith, two guys he's never seen before, walk in and he loves them. Well, he probably sensed that they were friends of ours. But just let some stranger come along and I'll bet he'll tear them apart. Answer the door, darling. I'm going to fix some lunch. Yes? How about buying some magazine subscriptions, old-timer? Old-timer? Yeah, I got some great ones here. The Glass Blowers Journal. I don't want any. And get your foot out of the door. Now, don't try to brush me off, old-timer. This is what I've been waiting for. Okay, dog. Sick of... Oh, not me. Not me. <laughs> Grab him. Well, what a nice big dog. Hello, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Him he likes, too. Well, as I was saying, old-timer, how about a ten-year subscription to the Motorman's Weekly? The Motorman's Weekly? Get out of here. (laughs) Looks like the dog's on my side. You better take the Motorman's Weekly. Okay, I'll take it. Now, on your way. And not so fast, old-timer. How about a 20-year subscription to the Chinchilla Breeders Gazette? (laughs) Are you kidding? Beat it. (laughs) Sign right here, old-timer. This is murder. It's Meredith Wilson and his music Till the clouds roll by
soon as this doghouse is finished, in you go. Hi, George. What are you doing? Oh, hello, Bill. I'm finishing a doghouse for this four-legged Swiss Alp that Gracie bought. What's he doing? Oh, it's kind of a race. I'm building a house for him, and he's digging a hole for me. <laughs> Just a question of which one of us finishes first. Well, gee, he's a nice big dog. Hi, fella. <laughs> oh, fine. You, he likes too. Me, he bites on the leg. Bites your leg, huh? Must be a southern dog. Likes ham hocks. <laughs> Doghouse is finished. Okay, Mutt. In you go. Uh, Come on. Get in the doghouse. Uh, okay, then I'll push you in. Uh, Come on now. Uh, well, this will do it. Uh, Let me out of here. Let me out. <laughs> no, it's funny how some dumb animals are smarter than other dumb animals. George? Usual place in the doghouse. Oh, George Burns, you come out of there. How do you expect to make friends with this dog? First you keep sticking your leg in his mouth, and now you take his house. Gracie, either this dog leaves or I leave. One of us has to get out. But, George, I need protection against burglars. Well, then choose between us. Either the dog protects you or I protect you. Now, which do you keep? Your husband or a St. Bernard? Well, naturally, there's only one choice to make. Sure. Will you take care of him, Bill? Give him a nice warm place to sleep and food to eat. Oh, sure, Gracie. I'll take care of him. Come along, George. <laughs> George, huh? Hey, Gracie, did you hear what the comedian said? <laughs> he thinks you want me to go instead of the dog. Straighten him out. Bill, see that George gets his Maxwell House coffee every morning. Huh? I will, Gracie. That's a perfect way to start each day. Rich, delicious, mellow Maxwell House coffee. Uh, how many cups do you drink, George? Three. I mean, there's a mistake. No, you can have as many as you want. After all, Maxwell House is bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee in the world. And no wonder careful selection and blending of premium Latin American coffees plus radiant roasting add up to that famous good-to-the-last-drop flavor you get in no other coffee. So you want me to go to Bill's and the dog to stay here? Well, just till the burglar scare is over, George. Take care of him, Bill. See that he takes his exercise every morning. Have you got a window he can open? Uh, yes. Oh, that's his exercise. <laughs> Gracie. And Bill, be sure to test his bath water before he gets in the tub. See if it's too hot? No, too deep. <laughs> Gracie. Remember, Bill, I'm sending you my most precious possession. Oh, that won't be necessary, Gracie. I got plenty of Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> Look, you silex jockey for two cents. <laughs> no home should be without Maxwell House coffee, Gracie. And no home has to be without it. Maxwell House is the very best in coffee drinking enjoyment, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can buy. That's why so many millions agree today's coffee buy is Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop. Now, come along, George. Now, wait a minute. Goodbye, wait a... George. Be good to him, Bill. Help him get dressed in the morning. I can dress myself. I know, but it looks so much neater if it's laced in the back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, if his corset isn't laced up, the stays might stick him. Might what? Stick him. Oh, George Burns. For the last time, get your leg out of that dog's mouth. Well, that does it. First thing in the morning, this snapping turtle goes back to the pet shop. Now I'm going in and take an aspirin. Well, it looks like you're going to lose your dog, Gracie. <laughs> oh, it'll break my heart. Bill, I've got an idea. Tonight, you'll rob our house. Huh? I mean, you'll pretend to be a burglar. The dog will chase you away, be a big hero, and George will let me keep him. Well, I'd like to do it, Gracie, but at 8.15, I've got a date with the girl I'm engaged to marry. Call her and postpone it. I can't. I don't know her name. (laughs) All right. Rob the house at 8 o'clock. I'll get George to bed by then. Yeah. Okay, Gracie. I'll see you at 8. I'm getting tired. Let's go to bed, dear. Go to bed? Mm Mm-hmm. It's only 8 o'clock. It's too early. But going to bed early puts roses in your cheeks. I've already got roses in my cheeks. But I don't like yellow roses. (laughs) I'm not going to bed. I'm not sleepy. All right. I'll read to you from this magazine that the salesman left here. The Motorman's Weekly? Put it down. But this looks like a wonderful article. It's called Life Can Be Beautiful on a Streetcar in Scranton. Sounds beautiful. By John Connors, Motorman, Junior Gray. He says, uh, I like my job very much. John Connors says that. It is a good job. The first stop I make is at the corner of First and Main. There I pick up passengers. Some are men, some are women. The second stop I make is at the corner of Second and Main. There I pick up more passengers. Some are men, some are women. Is there there much more of that? Oh, pages of it. Isn't it fascinating? Oh, it's fascinating, yes. (laughs) The third stop I make is at the corner of 3rd and Main. There I pick up more passengers. Some are men, some Some are are women. I don't pick up many children. They like to walk. The fourth I think I'll go to bed. Oh, that's a good (laughs) idea, George. You run along and I'll lock up. Yes. Good night. Good night, dear. Mm, thought I'd never get rid of him. Poor Bill must be waiting outside. Are you there, Bill? Yeah, let's hurry. My babe is waiting. All right, the dog is in the den. Yeah. When you go in, he'll bark and I'll call George. Then you jump out the window and let him see you running away. Yeah, okay. Come on. Oh, darn it, the dog's asleep. Wake up, doggy. Wake up. Oh, please, please wake up, doggy. We've got a burglar. I don't think anything will wake him, Gracie. Oh, why not? I just noticed I've been standing on his tail. (laughs) Oh, Bill, you make a noise like a dog. Lay your ears back and howl. (laughs) Me? Well, sure, I've seen you do it many times at Hollywood and Vines. Okay. Oh! Oh, George, George, come quick! What's wrong, Grace? Oh, Burglar got in the den, but the dog scared him away. See, there he goes out the window. My golly, you're right. Mmm, now aren't you proud of our watchdog? He's a hero. Yeah, I owe him an apology. Doggy, I was wrong about you. You're, you're... 
Hey, he's asleep. Uh Uh-huh, well, he's exhausted. He leaped at the burglar and chased him around the room and bit him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're making this up. This silly pooch is dead to the world. Oh, honestly, George, he almost tore the burglar apart. I didn't even have to say second. Let go of my leg. What a watchdog. There he is. Sound asleep again. Look at him. Sprawled out on the floor like a rug. Isn't that awful? Oh, it certainly is. Pick him up, George, and put him in our bed. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. The George Burns and Gracie Allen show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Until next Thursday, then, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. And now stay tuned in for Noah Webster Says, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Zneimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.